0: Welcome to the vibe with Vic podcast I'm your host Vic and welcome to the vibe okay you guys what a week I mean it's not over yet but I mean what a week especially for TV so um this episode I will be discussing the new shows that people should be watching hop on that bandwagon and uh Then we'll be talking about housewives. That's uh, pretty much it. I don't have much pop culture for you this episode. Um, But yeah, okay. First things first. If you're not watching Traders on Peacock, what are you doing? Some of you are saying, I don't have Peacock, so I can't watch the Traders. I understand. I think you need to phone a friend. I think you need to phone that friend and ask them for that username and password that's what you need to do because the trader season two is where it's at i've never watched season one okay and i wasn't gonna fall into the hype y'all i was like i don't know but the cast is actually really casting okay and so i decided to lean in because amazon prime was holding back on my married at first sight and listen I could go on a rant about that, but I'll probably save that for later. Let's talk about traders. I didn't think it was going to be as good as it is, and I'm here for it. Some of you are like, well, what's it about? Basically, you sit around the table, you come up, you play games. Um, Well, I take that back. They pick the traders, and you have to figure out who is the trader amongst the group. And, like, you play games and people, like, get to secure whether or not they're safe from being eliminated. I mean, it's the ultimate thing. But I'm telling you they have people from Survivor, uh, what's it, Uh, Big Brother, Real World, Housewives, all on it, okay? Plus more, I should say. Love Island, yep, Mm -hmm. because they have Bergie on there. I don't understand why they have Bergie on there from Love Island. I mean, this man barely has a backbone, but they put him on here. But, you know, in the first three episodes, he has uh, survived. Spoilers, spoilers. Um, I'm not quite sure if I really want to give spoilers, but I do really want to give surface level and tell you that this was the show that was made for Phaedra Parks. It really was. I know that she has dipped her big toe on Married to Med. We have not seen a man because he doesn't, I hate to say it, but he doesn't exist in my book. Um, She's a former ATL housewife. I mean, this is where she, I feel like she's comfortable. She was great in her Ultimate Girls trip. She has a great personality. Sheree from the Housewives is on here too. Let me tell you something, there has always been something about Sheree that I have not really liked. And when I say this about her, she has really good one-liners, but when she gets placed under pressure, she falls short and she becomes very wishy-washy. And you see that in the first three episodes of this show, right? Like if you feel, oh, I forgot they have people on Drag Race on here too. It's like a good mix of people. Then you have Larsa from Miami, and she's on here with Marcus, and it's like, did she really write in the contract, if if you're going to put me on traders, you need to put Marcus on traders. It sounds like they are just attached at the hip. I, j- I don't have much to say. You got Tamra from Housewives on here, too. You got a lot of Survivor people, a lot of Big Brother people, and... Wow, like I can understand why people won Survivor and Big Brother because they will stab you in the back. Don't fall asleep at night. You might wake up with a pillow over your face. That's how crazy this show is. But we're three episodes in. It's super, it's super good. It's, I mean, I recommended on Facebook to watch Traders and also to watch The Trust on Netflix. But if I had a choice, I would tell it to like, if you guys had a select and you're like, oh, pick one. I would say lean into traders. Just lean in to it. Okay. The trust is really good too on Netflix. Um, wow. I mean, and these are just random dandums. Nobody you know. Um, and it's all about winning a good amount of money. And you got to figure out who deserves it. And they have people from all walks of life. And they have to have discussions and they have to trust each other. And they. How do I explain this? So every time that they meet with the host, they have to say whether or not they want to eliminate somebody. But before deciding who they want to eliminate, they have a conversation with each other being like, we want everybody to win this money and divide it at the end. Well, okay. We all know that it gets messy, right? Because you don't know these people from... Anything, (laughs) so it's like these people are brand new. You don't know them, so you pretty much have to trust them, and what they say in their word, and things just start falling apart. And when I tell you there's a couple of crazy ass people on here, like when I tell you that there's at least one cast member on here that if she shows up, and it's a she, if she shows up on a 2020 an ID special a snapped episode, I wouldn't be surprised. Next level crazy okay like you know how you can see people's crazy in their eyes a good friend of my angie taught me this she goes if you want to see if somebody's crazy just look into their eyes that has never left me okay and when you watch these television shows and you see these people go off on some shit and you see the crazy in your eyes uh uh-huh this lady is next level okay What is is one of those shows on Netflix that we used to watch? Jailbirds back in the day? You know, I'd be like watching prison shows. I don't know why. It's also like all walks of life, right? So, yeah, The Trust is good. You'll want to body slam a couple of people for sure. But I, I like the concept because I wasn't really into, like, The Circle. You know, I wasn't into that. And then this past week, besides watching The Trust, The Traitors, I leaned into a documentary that i 'm a little bit late to, but it's because i didn't have access to hBO max okay i let well i didn't let go of hBO max direct TV let go of HBO Max, so they said they were severing their relationship with HBO Max, which therefore means i don't have it anymore and Since I was trying to be financially conscious, I was like, I can live without it i don't need no hBO max Bitch, when I fucking tell you that I need HBO Max in my life, that when I decided to turn my back on HBO, HBO decided to start throwing out a bunch of great material, and I'm like, why would you do this to me? Why would you? So anyways, long story longer, started watching the documentary Murder in Boston, if you have not. It's only three episodes, okay? Three episodes pretty much 45 minutes to an hour long for each episode. And it is a wild ass story. When I tell you, you couldn't pay me to go to Massachusetts. You couldn't pay me to visit the city of Boston because nah, not fam. It ain't for me. It ain't for me. Nope. And I knew when I was watching this, I was talking back to my television cuz y'all know I like to talk back to my television. That was like this was the case that changed the trajectory. I love that word lately of the climate in Boston. Hands down. Okay, it is about a case, murder in Boston. It's about a case between um a husband and a wife and s- something happens between them and it just you know the blame goes to one person and then we are just going down a path and we finally become we come up with you know an answer but you have to like they go in depth with the history of it it is layered it is good it is something that I believe everybody should watch um just to because it's one of those cases that I feel like because I'm going to be 42 pretty soon. Um, It's one of those cases that, like, you kind of remember, but it wasn't really talked about, but it was talked about. You know, like, there's a lot of cases out there be like, I remember, like, I, that's kind of like this case. So watch Murder in Boston. I mean, I'm coming through with it. Also, in February... Love is Blind is coming back on. (laughs) Love is Blind, everybody. You know I'm pulling up. You know I'm going to be coming to you guys, letting you guys know. I'm going to need some of you to embrace Love is Blind. I know some of you like to say, hey, I'm going to wait a couple episodes. I want you to tell me if it's good or not. I'm going to be here right with you, okay? I'm going to be holding your hand through this process. Some of you, I've been holding your hand through this process this whole time. I just need you to hop on that bandwagon at least once. At least once, and I understand. I understand the last couple of seasons haven't been doing it, but they have always given me something to talk about, and I'm going to continue to talk about it. Don't give up. <laughs> Don't give up on the mess. We can't do that. We can't do it. We can't. We can't. All right. Um. That's what I have. For what you should watch. What's Coming up, I don't think I've missed out on anything, so I'm going to take a break. When I come back, we're going to talk about that Salt Lake City reunion. Stay tuned. Salt Lake City, part two of the reunion. Listen, when I tell you that I'm feeling a little bit luster of the lack, lackluster with this reunion, I'm telling you, I'm feeling it. Because here's the problem, okay? And... I know last time I was discussing with you guys about Monica and, and all these, and you know, my theories with like Heather and stuff like that and her stylist or whatever, they are not allowing Monica to speak. They're really not. And let's, before I start really get into it, let's just pull up to the fact of the matter that the reunion was filmed well before the finale was actually filmed. I think I'm going to say a healthy three weeks. Okay. Healthy three, four weeks. So they have the reunion, they discuss the things that haven't been revealed yet on the finale. Viewers watch the finale. Then, because we are the viewers that we have been, because we are the viewers that love to do our own digging, because within the pandemic, we all became investigators. Let's keep it a buck, a beam, and a bend. When you're stuck inside your house, what do you do? You Google. You start going through the internet. You start reading things. And that's exactly what we did with this whole situation, okay? Okay. So we watch the finale, viewers start, you know, finding things, and then Heather's hairstylist comes out with some things because, you know, Monica started talking about her. And then everything that we're finding out after the reunion is things that were revealed on the reunion. So now when we're watching the reunion and everybody's pumping it up saying, oh my God, you know, you will get answers to the questions that you, no, we're not because it's everything we've already found out. Now I have questions to the answers that we revealed. Like, and I talk about this with friends and people who love this or have been watching. I don't necessarily say we all love it because all of us are a little bit exhausted of it. not going to lie, but When we talk about this whole thing, one of the things that consistently comes up is like, how are these ladies so upset with an internet troll? And they're putting it all on her. The fact that Heather doesn't ever want to take responsibility and I like, don't get me wrong, third part has not been viewed yet. And so when that third part comes out and they ask Heather about the black guy, I bet you bottom dollar she's still going to lie because that is one of my things that I'm having a hard time with. Number one, we're so upset with Monica who sat up here and became an informant to take Jen down. And I understand the whole thing about stalking and all that stuff that they get to deep dive in and part three that things that were revealed after the finale, right? But why are all these ladies upset with Monica taking down Jen when they knew Jen was guilty from the beginning? Like you have Meredith over here. She graduated from law school. You trying to tell me she didn't look up that affidavit affidavit and didn't read it? You it's like it's like what do they call that? Um I forgot the same, but She's doing it on purpose. So she really wants to be blinded by what was really in her face. Like, you don't want to believe what's really true. And I think that was fair for Meredith. And I think that was fair for Heather because Meredith was flip-floppy. As first, she was coming after Jen the whole season right before Jen actually admitted that she did it. And then all of a sudden, like weeks before, when they flew to New York with Jen and Jen stood in front. Of the judge looking like a straight clown with her friends behind her, and said, "I'm guilty," because she agreed to a plea deal. That, like that, those are the things I just don't really understand. And Heather, I think Heather and I think production knew about this the whole time. You trying to tell me that there's a lot of people in Utah that apply to be housewives and they just des- decided that Monica was the person, just with that letter that she sent, like okay. I'm, I'm kind of believing it, but not really. You know what I mean? So you selected Monica. You knew what Monica had. And you're trying to tell me that y'all didn't do your due diligence in the background. I smell fraudulent activity. That's what I smell. A lot of things are not adding up. The math ain't mathing to me. Okay? And so since we're all wanting to put this heat on Monica and not allowing her to speak whatsoever, barely, we, we, unless she's talking about her mother. That's the only time they allowed her to speak. But then we have like Whitney who can't even take a fucking point through the finish line when it comes to Lisa. Nobody's really telling Lisa is that, hey girl, you don't listen. Like you literally listen to respond. You don't listen effectively whatsoever. Nobody is calling out Lisa for how she treats her employees. Nobody's leaning into that, right? Mary eight. Lisa up, but Mary was reaching this epi- this part two of the reunion as well. Like Mary doesn't like Lisa. Mary barely likes anybody. And you know what? I'm just going to say this because I think this is a hundred percent valid. Mary is on the spectrum. Okay. I didn't necessarily say this on TikTok. But I'm saying this here, Mary's on the spectrum, okay? Because when I tell you she don't give a fuck about what comes out of her mouth, she really don't give a single fuck about what comes out of her mouth. When she looked over at Whitney and she was like, I think you're a racist. And I was like, okay, Mary, 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 Mary you're on Saturn right now. You might want to come back to Earth. I don't think Mary's ever been on Earth. I think she's been on Mars. I think she's been on Pluto. I think she's been on every other planet, but she has never been on Earth. But I do appreciate Mary, okay? I appreciate her because she just tells people to their face how she feels about them. Um, I find it funny that when we're talking about the Mormon church, that certain housewives, Meredith, um, can admit that the, the, the Mormon background really leans into homophobic. Behavior. Uh, homophobia, I should just say that. But they don't want to lean into the fact that they can be a little racist themselves. So, you know, I don't know, but like Whitney's not a part of the church anymore. Mrs. Bad Mormon's not a part of the church anymore. And you know, that's why Mary was calling Heather inbred, because she didn't like the way that Heather called her house. Um <laughs> made comments about her house. Now, let me tell you something. Mary's house is an interior interior designers, not a nightmare, like dream to want to walk in there and change things up, right? She puked all over that house. She has green carpet. She has these type of Chairs that are just wow, they're just nothing that I would ever lean into, okay, but that's her style, okay that's her style. She said a couple of comments about her child and what he does in her house, which is have sex with his now wife, and she hears it, and like she walks out it's weird I don't even want to say it it's like it's it's weird, okay Mary's on the spectrum, you guys she is um but Heather. Heather wouldn't have the things that she has right now. If she wants to say that she would have the house that she has right now without Bravo money, without the selling of bad Mormon, as if all these people would just uh, will see that and be like, oh my God, I really want to read that. She's lying to herself. She's lying to herself. I'm looking at Heather crazy. I used to really like Heather, but I think that all this drummed up Um, animosity towards Monica is making her even look crazier. Heather's the one person that stood by Jen the longest. Heather's still employing her stylist, her stylist that was basically telling on her to other people. It's just, it's, it's not making sense here. It's really not. And the fact that Heather and Lisa are acting like they're besties because they all want to go against Monica, it's crazy. I don't think Monica's going to get a second season. You know, I think there's too many things that are against her that people keep on drumming up. But, you know, we have all the spotlight on an internet troll, and we're forgetting about what their behaviors did for, like, I don't even know, the past seasons. And Angie, Angie and her validation, like, stop looking to Meredith for validation. Remember, that's your op. You don't like Meredith, so why are you looking to her for validation? Why are like I I don't know about Angie. I mean, I started not liking her and then I leaned into liking her and now I am just indifferent about her. That's what I'll say. So, how am how am I feeling about this reunion so far after watching part 2, lackluster. Okay? How am I feeling about where this is going to go for the next season? Um listen, There's a couple of rumors out there, and this is a little bit of a side note. A couple of rumors out there, they're saying, some hot take, they're saying that, you know, production knew all about like VPR and that whole scandal and they drummed it up. If we ever come up with, if it's ever revealed that production and executive producers took a a quick pivot to drum up these scandals to make ratings increase, I mean the future of reality t- TV is in trouble. I feel like the the future of reality TV has been in a weird space because a lot of people are like, reality TV is not really reality TV. It's really scripted. But if that were the case with this and they knew and production knew the whole time that this was happening, the Heather knew the whole time, which I think was the case, and then Utah's done. Utah's done. And somebody on my comments were on TikTok said, I like Dallas more than I liked Utah. And I'm like... Ah, I don't know. Uh, I could see it. I could see it. But the way that they let go of Dallas really quick, I feel like we're almost there with Utah. Because there's not much more if anybody's going to talk about it. Because people are really, I think Whitney's very open about her life. I think Meredith is probably about 45% open about her life. Um. Heather's really open about her life because this is how she's making good coin and money she's never seen before. And she's getting the popularity vote because a lot of people are looking at... Well, I take that back. I take that back. I take that back. I take that back. I think at first when Heather came on here, everybody was like, she was really real. And then as the years go on, she kind of forgets. She kind of flip-flops in and out of like whether or not... Well, we know that she craves attention. Like she craves validation, and I think right now the viewers are turning on her and not liking her based off of what we've seen, right? And, of course, Lisa's going to have her stand. I don't don't understand it. I can't stand it. Mary probably won't come back next year, but if she does, I mean, I just don't see it after, A, her behavior this year on how, like, she tempers it. But then she did say that – The producers and the ladies kind of shut her out more than likely at the end. They didn't invite her to things. And I believe that, which is kind of fucked up. So I I think Mary should come back if they decide to have another season. I don't know what's going to happen after this since none of them want to film with Monica. And the reason why so many people watched this season was because Monica opened up and said that she was an informant for Jen. So I don't know. You know, next week. I'll talk about the black eye and I'll probably come in here and be like, she's fraud. She's a fraud. She's fraudulent fucker. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm going to take a break and I'm going to come back and I am going to discuss um, Beverly Hills. Stay tuned. Let me tell you something. Beverly, Deverly Hills has had us on a roller coaster all season, okay? We've had a lot of highs. We've had a lot of lows. We have some midpoints, okay? Um, And the lows are just like making us cry. Those are the lows, like just pulling at our heartstrings the way that Kyle pulled at it last episode. But let me tell you something. Them heartstrings are intact after this episode, okay? So Kyle got a pass last week. Because we all now understand like why she's going through the things that she's going through due to her friend. But she pulled up this episode at Sutton's house. And she looked into Sutton's refrigerator. And of course she had a comment on how Sutton's eating habits are. I have never seen a cast member discuss somebody else's so-called esophagus, so-called past eating disorder. When they in fact have mentioned that they battled with eating disorders themselves. You would think that they would have a special place in their heart for people who have battled with the same things that they have. That's not Kyle because Kyle really doesn't like Sutton. And I hope that that is brought up at the reunion that, you know, Sutton still thinks that there is a bright shiny light at the end of the tunnel with their friendship. And I'm telling her Kyle does not like her whatsoever, but you know what Kyle did Kyle fucked up because at this point in time, At this point in time, I really do think we should give a diamond to Sutton's esophagus. Just take it out of her and just give the esophagus a diamond. Because as many episodes that we have discussed esophagus and esophageal, I'm I'm, I'm tired. And the reason why we're talking about it is because now the producers have decided to throw Miss 8.5 out of 10 in front of our face. That is Miss Anne-Marie. I, I can't, you guys. I, I'm, I'm done with her. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like her, okay? There's nothing about her. When she stands up and she wants to talk to everybody, when Sutton's trying to, you know, confront her about the things that she said behind Sutton's back at Kyle's event last week, She says, I have critical thinking skills. So you basically told everybody else at this table that they're dumb. And next episode, you're going to say that that originally came from Crystal. I'm done with her, you guys. Miss 8.5 out of 10. Miss 8.5 out of 10 wants to come at everybody else. Let me tell you something. Kyle gassed her up a little bit too hard. Kyle gave her maybe one, possibly two agenda items. The first agenda item was Sutton's esophagus. The second agenda item was Crystal because people think that Crystal is a weak link, and I understand. She's, she's a quiet person, Okay. I think she thinks about how this is going to make her husband look. I think she thinks about how this is going to make her look. I think she thinks about her businesses and all that in the background. And I think she doesn't want to taint that. So she's like, let me just hear what people say and then have some great confessionals. But let me tell you something. Miss Eight and a Half out of 10 has woken up the sleeping bear out of crystal. And I love to see it. You know, when Kyle's like, You don't call somebody a bitch at a black tie event. I'll call somebody a bitch whenever I feel like it. That's how I feel. You know, when you're saying there's a time and a place when somebody is a bitch, I think you need to call somebody out when they are in that moment so they understand why I'm calling them a bitch. That's how I feel. But Kyle's over here. She's just shocked. Like, how can Crystal say that about Anne Marie? (laughs) I'm sorry, Kyle, you forgot to phone a friend. You forgot to call your friend and tell her, hey, guess what? Sutton's tired of your shit, and she's planning on you know, confronting you when she sees you. She didn't even give her so-called friend, air quotes, a heads up about it. She didn't. Kyle was even exhausted of it by the end of the, sh- uh, the episode, I should say. She was done with it because she heard what Sutton said, and she was like, okay, I got to move on from this myself, but she never phoned a friend and told her about it. You know, it's really interesting to me how people like you know all of us have a hobby that we're really passionate about right and sometimes sometimes you can go on a tangent about that hobby with somebody but the or a whole group of people but the one thing that some of us are very aware about is that we read the room when we feel like people are not hearing us anymore and that's for people um that are self-aware they stop talking about it and they just keep it moving they keep it short they keep it sweet and they keep it moving. That is not miss eight and a half out of 10. She doesn't do it. She doesn't do it. And I think she, um, compensates because she doesn't get the attention at home. Because if you were married to somebody that literally said that you're at eight and a half out of 10, and if you married somebody that sat you down and basically said, here's the list of ladies that I've slept with, I don't think I would really feel like, oh, we, I don't, you know, I don't worry about him. You know what I mean? I don't know why production's doing the way that they're doing. Because for seven episodes, we didn't see Miss Eight and a Half out of 10. Seven. And then all of a sudden, we see her, and then she goes away, and now you're trying to throw it in her face. If I was Sutton, I would have never invited her to Spain. I would have say she's done. She's off the invite list. She ain't going on any of my private planes. Don't know if Sutton has one. Just saying she wouldn't, everything would get canceled and I would be like, I'll eat up the cost. Cause what I get $300,000 a month. Okay. That ain't nothing. That's chump change. Tell that bitch to stay home. That's what I would have said. And another thing about Anne Marie is that her voice is like nails on a chalkboard. I can't even stand hearing her, you know, and it's, 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 she just has, she lacks a lot. And she came into this group and she's saying really wild things because she thinks people are going to like it and we're not. It's backfiring. People really need to know how to like temper their energy when they come onto a new show, especially a franchise that's been around for like 13, 14 years, right? Seasons, years, whatever. You need to temper it. So it's like, you don't just come in full blast attacking the ladies. You have to like build their trust you have to earn their trust you have to get to know them as a person before you start talking about their body parts and their personalities like they don't know you from nan honey and you might live down the street from kyle but they still pass your house to get to kyle's house so like never forget that she needs to humble herself because i am most definitely over her okay And I've already spent seven minutes talking about that hoe. But let's talk about Kyle. And let's talk about how Kyle Mauricio were, you know, they went to the Homeless Not Toothless event. And the fact that we had to spend so much time trying to get it right, if if this is toothless, not homeless, this is homeless, not toothless, because they got it wrong last year because of Kathy... It, it it became a little bit of a light joke. And although I was like, I'm here for it, it got a little bit old by the end of the episode. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I was like, okay, we get it. Homeless, not toothless for Dorit. And if Dorit actually thinks that after one therapy session with her fucking husband, PK, is going to make him change his ways, she's fucking dumber than I thought. But you know what? If she wants to run on with this narrative to make us think that her and PK are actually working on their relationship and that she doesn't resent the fuck out of him, like, go off, sis. But that man is not trying to change for nobody. He barely wants to change for himself. He can't let go of a Diet Coke to save his life. You know what I mean? Mr. Diabeto over there? Yeah, Mr. Diabeto over there ain't trying to let go of anything to better his health, even though I will say, I'll give him credit, he does look like he has lost a little bit of weight, Okay. And the lighting that they are giving him in these confessionals is confessioning, okay? And I like it. I like it. It's not anything that I'm like pulling my fucking panties down and wanting to do something to PK. It's never like that. Disgusting, okay? Never a visual like that. But, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due because some of these lightings, some of these lights that are on these shows make people's skin look terrible Lisa Barlow. I didn't say that. I did Um, fully admit that. But, yeah, like, Dorit's really trying to, you know, bring him along with it. I appreciate him so much. You know, like, I love me some PK. Like, girl, stop. But I started out talking about Mo and Kyle. When I tell you that the energy between them just doesn't exist anymore, it just doesn't exist. It's not there, you guys. It's done. And it's sad. It's really kind of sad. There's no warmth between them. Um, It's very obvious that... It's very, the. it's cold. It's cold. He's trying to figure out where she's at, and she's trying to give him a taste of his own medicine. Like, when she's revealing all these things, like read between the lines, as well as watching this episode, she's saying there are times that he just wakes up and he says he's going to Chicago, and he's going to Portugal, and he's going to this, that, and the other without even giving her any type of notice. That's a little bit weird. So that lets me know that the communication throughout the years between Kyle and Mauricio hasn't been great. And we're seeing it. She's basically revealing to us, like, these are all the reasons why I'm done. Like, I've put up with so much. And they've been together for more than 20 years. Kyle has, you know, birthed how many children with him? And has gone along with the ride. And you know what? It's almost like he has taken her for granted in a way where it's like he wouldn't be where he's at right now if he didn't have her family. So did Mauricio play play the long game? I feel like they loved each other. Like I'm not going to sit up here and negate that the fact that the family that they built wasn't – worth something. I'm never going to say that, but some of these people out here can play the long game to get what they want. He is dirty, filthy rich. And I heard, I heard you guys that this whole like divorce proceeding, because they're headed there, the discussions about what she gets, it's getting nasty. I heard it's getting nasty. You guys like he's probably trying to say she doesn't deserve this, that, and the other. Listen, listen, call who do we need to call to put somebody on retainer huh who's the best divorce attorney in beverly hills i hope she captured them first because if there's anything that she can write down is like he wouldn't have anything he has without knowing my family done and done gavel down she deserves it all you guys she deserves it all. She deserves seventy five percent of his proceedings. I mean he they're worth over a hundred million dollars. Kyle has a spending habit. Kyle still is successful, so she'll be fine. I'm not worried about her. I just don't like the you know the wording of it. you know him trying to give her being like, "I built the agency. No, honey, you stole the agency. Let's not forget, okay, Let's not forget about the lawsuit that was just closed the thirty two million dollar one. Let's not forget that. She's revealing, you guys. She's letting us know that she is tired of his shit. And when a woman's fed up, we all know. Um Erica's back. Erica said therapy is expensive and therapy works, and my God, it is working for her. We can't negate that, you guys. We can't. I'm I, I love seeing it. It's a redemption season. I never thought that it would be on this podcast. Being like, I'm rooting for her. I haven't forgotten about her dirty, filthy, nasty husband, Mr. Dementia himself. See, I'm not trying to come at people who have dementia, but that motherfucker, listen, he, Aaron Brockovich, everybody else, he made her look crazy. And I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> um, but she's moving forward and she's super fucking skinny though. You guys like, wow. Um, You know, they say that the camera puts 10 pounds on and I don't think the camera, the camera should put more on because if she's that skinny with the camera on her, I don't even want to see her in real life because that's skinny, okay? Too skinny for me. While you have Crystal over here being like having issues with her body and looking at all these skinny people, girl, thick is what's in, honey. Thick, get, stay thick, okay? Thick, skinny. That's always been my motto. I think that's uh, it for Bev Hills. I think that's it. It was kind of, if you know, rating. I didn't even rate Salt Lake City. Well, I did. I thought it was a fucking zero. Um, Okay, I'll give it a two. Bye. Um, So I'll rate this episode a solid seven and a half. It, It wasn't a 10 in my book. I think I'm actually being nice. I'm going to give a six and a half for this episode. All right. I'm going to take a break and I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about Miami. Hey. Miami, Miami, Miami. It was actually a really good episode this Um, past week I can, you know, I'm kind of going to just talk about every single one of the ladies. Let's first start with Kiki. Let's start out on a high note, right? Kiki's background story. I mean, how many years or how many seasons have you been waiting for this? I don't know if they were waiting for Kiki to prove herself, but she's proven herself. Uh, she is an asset to this, um, to this crew, to this cast, I loved hearing about her past, how she came up, how her background was, and she can walk that walk, honey. Okay. (laughs) I loved it. I love seeing that she's excited about it. I was a little bit disappointed that the, you know, she invited the ladies to this, her after party after the swim, um, and she didn't get to celebrate with them. And we never saw the aftermath of that. And she feels some type of way because her friends are really her family and due to, you know, how she was brought up. So that was a little bit disheartening to see. But we'll see her address it later probably. It was also nice to see her hear the truth so that if Marisol and Alexia were to ever say something about Nicole, Kiki would be like, you know, Adriana actually admitted it when I was there. You know, Gertie and I were sitting there with Nicole and Adriana and she admitted it. You know, it's always nice to have that person who could confirm and clarify. Here's my thing with the whole Adriana, Nicole, and Alexia Marisol situation. The fact that Alexia, which honestly is Alexia and Teresa, Jew, Dice, are they really related? Because in some aspects, they actually look alike, which is kind of really scary. Okay. But let me just revert back to this. So this whole situation with Anna and Marisol and Alexia blaming it on Nicole, not even trying to give her the benefit of the doubt, not even trying to hear her. It is like has to be exhausting for Dr. Nicole. It literally has to be exhausting. Like she has to do this every single time. And they always say, we look at her like she's a little sister. That's great. But did Adriana not just hit it on the head? Just nail in the coffin and just said, Alexia hates the fact that Dr. Cole has all of the houses, the cars. She has the career. She has the secure man. She has everything. And Alexia is jealous of that, and none of it is on credit. Alexia hates that. And I think Adriana was right when saying that. That is the some things that... We don't see. And naturally, when it came out that Adriana was talking about Alexia and her finances, and that was the thing that Anna was going to come to the table about, we didn't hear anything out of Marisol. Marisol barely uh, um, apologized to Nicole, didn't say anything. She didn't even stand up for her friend Alexia. So in this instance, I actually see where Alexia is talking about when she's like, Marisol, just so you know, I'm standing up for you. I think all Alexia wants is to have Marisol stand up for her just once, but she never does. And that has to be exhausting to be in that friendship too. So I see that. Um, Gertie, it always pains me to see Gertie talk about, um, I can barely talk about breast cancer because my mother had it and I don't know firsthand about having it, but you know, secondhand seeing your parent go through it, it's, it's just as much to see it um so i understand and she's getting tore up in the comments because of how like she tells russell and people think that she's insufferable how she's treating this cancer and stuff like that like when i tell you you honestly don't know what a person is going through until you're like in that situation you don't know because she has every right to feel the feels that she's feeling being diagnosed and having to go through this process. And she's being kind of selfish in her own feelings. And I don't think she really understands that. Like Russell's looking at her and being like, no, you need to be positive because like you have me and you have the boys. And right now she's just like, I hate how this is making me feel. You know, I just want to live my life and now I have to like deal with this, but I'm just glad present day she's past it. That's just what makes me happy. Julia, I can honestly tell you I don't really care about her and her swim thing. There's a couple of things with Julia that kind of bothers me. And let me just put this one out there. The first thing that bothers me about Julia is that, like, every person that she talks to, and I'm not trying to take it away from her that she's 50 years old and she's running, she's walking on a runway or whatever, but she has to tell everybody that, that she's 50 years old and she's walking on a runway. And it's like, girl, we... They booked you. They know how old you are, and that's why they booked you. And, yes, this is, like, a big deal. But also, I have this sense that Julia has this pick-me personality. Like, when she sits with Alexia, and Alexia's like, I commend you on doing this, that, and the other. She's like, where were you last year? So you're basically saying you hopped on here with Adriana, Adriana brought you on the show, but all you want to do is be liked by Alexia. It's getting a little bit weird in here, you guys. And not to mention, she has a wandering eye. I, I wouldn't put it past Julia if Julia has cheated on uh, Martina a couple of times. Because the way that she'd be looking at these young girls, the way that she'd be looking at it, And there's nothing wrong with looking at somebody and being like, man, you look good or whatever. But I think she would take it to um, another level. And I really don't think that her kids mess around with her. I really don't think that they really like hanging out with their mother, hence why they're with their father. But that's just another story. Like, she wants to have them experience her life with them. Like, when she's getting ready for the swim show and she wants to give them a tour. Not the time, girl. Not the time. You're a model. You know the situation. Why? And, like, I get it that the cameras are there and they should give you the opportunity. But, girl, you're at work. Like take some pictures and show them later. Like I I don't know. I was feeling a little bit like, what's going on here? And then when it comes to Lisa, if Lisa when she's like, it's just about me and my kids. It's about you and your kids and Jody's wallet, because you're not living in the space that you're living in right now without the help of Jody. The taste, the champagne taste that she got used to, married to Lenny when anybody who's at that stature has to like downgrade, it's always like, what are we going to do? You know, Lisa depends on a man to take care of her. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to depend on a man to take care of you, that's not, that's, that's, that's amazing. You know, I don't really think it's that amazing to be honest, because I'm such, I'm so independent because I have to be independent and I get it. Um, but To depend on somebody so much that if they woke up one day and they said, I don't want you anymore, and you don't know what to do with your life, that is just a different story. And to add two kids that your husband wanted, and I don't know the time, when he actually sees his children, like, it's just like, I don't know. (laughs) Lisa needs to find a man with money because she don't really like to work. Uh, She likes to spend money though. And now that she's going to have to be on a budget, it's going to be different for her. It's going to be different, but when she says it's about all day, it's about her and her kids. I believe all day it's about her and her kids, but you might want to slip and slide uh, Jody's name in there since he's footing the bill for where you're living, Uncle Jody. Okay, I, I I don't know. I'm glad that Adriana stood up for for Lisa, but uh, Lisa sometimes is a little bit of a reach. Now, when we lean into Larsa and Larsa and Marcus. And, you know, Alexia said like, hey, we're going to have like this Mexico trip and I'm inviting her down and stuff. And it's like (laughs) there's something deeper about Larsa and Marcus's relationship that I find very unhealthy. The fact that they like he's at work. He's going to be going to Paris for Men's Fashion Week and she's going to go to Mexico with Alexia and the rest of the girls so like she's like at most that's five days that I can be around him or not be around him and I'm like okay but did we ever think about it as like they are so joined at the hip because of how much everybody's against their relationship like where's his friends at that's what I want to know because we haven't seen his friends at all and maybe they didn't sign off on this and maybe they're just like dude what are you doing but I haven't seen one ounce of Marcus's friends at all, which is a little bit problematic. Another thing I find very interesting is now that we're seeing her daughter, I feel like she's forcing little things with her daughter, like hug me and make me look good. I don't really like that. But here's the other thing. I feel, do I feel bad for saying this? I don't really feel bad for saying this. Um, when they were talking about the egg retrieval because she froze her eggs when she was on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. She did it with Courtney and I believe Chloe, right? But mainly Courtney. When we when the footage is rolled of what Larsa looked like when she was on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, she looks so much better then than she does now. There comes a time when people have to like these people who are injecting other people with fillers and Botox and stuff like that. Botox is a different thing because Botox is like a lot of people get Botox. That's an everyday thing. But fillers, like Larsa has legitimately really fucked up her face. I mean, she looked so much better in 2018 than she does now. Like her face looks. I, I don't really want to face shame people. And I'm not a fan of Larsa, but she needs to back off of them fillers and that's what I'll say because ugh, it it's not I love Miami. Yeah, yeah, girl. You might want to cancel that subscription to whoever's filling your face, honey. Okay? Um but she seems happy. Uh that's what I'll say about that. Um so all in all, I think uh yeah, Miami was very Interesting to say I say this this episode was a solid a solid seven i'll say um this reunion whenever we get to the reunion is going to be very interesting as well, but I do like the fact that we are giving Kiki a chance to you know reveal more and more about her life. I do like the fact that you know people are defending other people and standing up for other people and actually you know, coming out with it. Oh, wait a minute, Adriana. I do like the fact that she's working with um, Emilio Esteban and getting her career going because she does have a solid voice. And and this is good for her. You know, she has struggled over the years with, like, finances and making a way for herself. to. So to see this is absolutely nice. But I do think that at the reunion, Adriana is going to start questioning her um, Julia's loyalty to her after watching all this a hundred percent because Julia is kind of turning her back and I don't necessarily think that that's bad but knowing what you know between the relationship between Adriana and Alexia she's walking on the finest fucking line possible and that is what I'll say and I think the relationship between Alexia and Marisol is another thing so there's just a lot of things that are in the works here you guys With these relationships that are happening, I do, you know, I say it every single episode. I like the sisterhood between the Haitian ladies. Yes, God. Um, Between Gertie and Kiki. And I love that. I also like the relationship between Dr. Nicole and Gertie. There's some, these people are really friends. They actually hang out outside of the show. So you can actually tell that between the franchises that you have been watching or you watch on a normal basis. So that's what I have for Miami. I'm going to take a break and we're going to talk about that first (laughs) reunion episode of Southern Charm. Stay tuned. What's a word that a lot of people don't like saying that is really offensive? It's the word cunt. People don't like saying the word cunt. But let me tell you who said that word. That was Olivia. You know who she called it? She called Bible banging Betty. I see you next Tuesday. That's what she said. And she had every single right to. When I tell you that that self- righteous (laughs) Taylor showed up and thought that she had a smoking gun, a smoking gun to Olivia. When I tell you that she thought so she did, she thought that she would bring out that deepest, darkest secret that Olivia told her when I, it's disgusting, absolutely disgusting. And I am so glad that Olivia got up from that couch, walked off the set, walked past her, and she said, you fucking cunt. And you saw that face on Taylor? Huh. Taylor looked dumbfounded. But let me back up a moment, because that was at the end of the episode. This episode was, well, it's not, well, this reunion, part one of the reunion was very interesting. Like, The pivots, honey. We took a strong left. We had a whole fucking self-intervention on a reunion that I have never seen before. We started off really light and right. We were talking about Madison, her relationship with her son. We were talking about all that. That was amazing. We even talked, we clicked into JT who just lives and dies for Taylor. Even like tapped into Leva and stuff, you know. And then we started talking about Shep, Shepherd, Shepard and his drinking problem. Listen, I heard rumors back in Vegas that he was um, being reckless. And after this episode actually came out, a lot of people were saying he's the biggest dick in the world, like he is insufferable. He is rude. And some people say he likes to ski. He likes to go down those slopes. If you guys know what the- that means. Does anybody know? Do you want me to? tell you what the slopes are breathe in honey breathe in co 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 cocaine slopes that's the slang word word for it slopes booger candy cocaine so co 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 coke um so he likes to do that from allegedly from what i'm reading all over the place he is just belligerent When he is at the casino, and what this was one of the incidences that happened at BravoCon. He was drunk. People thought he went up to his room. He then came down. He then went back to the roulette table or the blackjack table. They were proceeded to say that, you know, they were going to not give him anything to drink or something. Something that had to do with the whole setup. And he was like, started screaming at them. So basically, here's the thing with Shep. He, when he's on the reunion and he's telling people that he blacked out and he has never seen himself before and he's really been in a depressed state because after, before they started talking about, or he started talking about his drinking, we, they, well, Andy brought up the fact how he can't push ladies through the finish line, you know, give them that big O that they all want. Right. And you could see it in his face that he's really hurt by that like it's really affecting him. I mean, it would affect any guy, but I mean, some guys, cause some guys really just don't give a fuck. If they give a girl an orgasm, let's keep it a buck. We got some selfish ass motherfuckers out there. Okay. Calm down. Um, so you can see that it was really hurting in his face. He lacks self-esteem in the worst way. And I was basically telling you like generational wealth. He has come from that. He has passive income because of all his properties, but he doesn't have anything to live for. So he self-sabotages. And so when he had Taylor and he's on the reunion saying that he made the biggest mistake ever. Okay, well, when she wanted you so bad, you didn't want to take her back. But now that she's moved on, now all of a sudden you want her? Like, what the fuck is wrong with him? This man doesn't know when he's coming or going. But I feel like the way that he doesn't know when he's coming or going is some way where he can go into the deepest, darkest part of depression and the way where it will lead to other things that we don't even want to speak about, right? I also think the fact that Craig and Austin were tag teaming him, not not in a bad way, but basically saying, you know, we've seen this before. This behavior is nothing new. You've done this and said this about 17 times. This was coming from Craig. And I know a lot of people don't like Craig. I love him and I won't stop loving him, okay? Um, But when Craig really says things, people listen. And he was basically saying, like, you have to put some action behind those words because you've done this before. And so Andy was like, maybe you should go on a pause. Like, he was kind of hinting at it. What do you think that this means for the show? And Shep's not there. Like, I kind of said that I thought Shep was maybe about 60-70% there but I think he's lower than that because if you really want to change something you're going to change and he doesn't want to change anything yet he thinks that he can control it and he's out of control with everything like his mind is taking him to places that he can't control like he's drinking way too much because he doesn't have anything he doesn't like he has money but it also, it leans on his whole family bloodline, which is another whole story, but whatever. And I don't even want to deep dive into that, right? So anyways, and then, then we lean on to Taylor and she talks about this whole thing about, you know, she needs to be forgiven. <sighs> She's so exhausting, you guys. She is literally so exhausting. When it came to the whole thing about Whitney and that thread of her sending them naked pictures and telling him to come fuck her in Nashville, like, cause that happened. She was trying to lie to the viewers until Leva called her out and said, I saw the whole thread. And it's just like w- the lies. You, you can't trust somebody for somebody who puts her hand on that Bible Consistently. And looks at viewers and looks at everybody at, on the sofa, who's very manipulative and very calculated to try to say that she didn't do something because she's erased things, because she's deleted things, because she's done all that, that she wants to like hide her truth. She's going to have a very big issue when she grows up. Like she's already an adult. But when she like gets to that point in her life, when she has a midlife crisis and she's like looking to the Lord to save her and the Lord's like, honey, we've tried to save you many times. Now you on your own a little bit, right? Like it's insane. But to do that to your ex best friend, let me tell you something. There are friendships that no longer exist with me. But if you think for one moment I'm going to go out and take a fucking, go on a television, go on this podcast, talk to other people, and tell deep, dark secrets, that's not happening. That's not a part of the friendship contract. You don't do that. That, if you do that, then you're a cunt. I said it. You're a see you next Tuesday. cut, 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 <laughs> So... So I say it started out light and right and then we took a a hard left into the self-intervention and then we came back and we started talking about Olivia and now we're going to have the second part that comes on tonight because you guys are going to get this today on Thursday and it's going to be, you know, diving into the whole Olivia and Austin of it all and I hope we continue to make um, Taylor cry. But you know what, where we're not saying, I, we're probably going to lean into it, the death of Olivia's brother, and we're probably going to lean into the fact of Taylor's brother has passed too. But I wonder where tonight's episode is really going to go. So that's where we're at for Southern Charm. So, and that is where we're at for this pod episode, you guys. Okay. So I appreciate you listening. Um, It's cold outside here in Minnesota. I should have really said this in the beginning. Um, But yeah, we're just trying to stay warm. Uh, So if you're in the Midwest, actually anywhere in the U.S., you're cold right now. Because Mother Nature heard you. We bitched and moaned about no snow on Christmas. And then we got snow. And then she said, I'm going to place you guys in a cold snap. You cold hoes. I'm just kidding. She said, warm yourself up. Because I'm blasting some cold. And listen, I don't know how people really want to live in Canada. Negative 44, it's not worth it. Okay? Not worth it. You know, cheers to all the Canadians that have that thick skin that they want to live in that. Absolutely not. Not for me. Okay? Okay, so thank you so much for listening. Take the time, leave that five-star review, leave a little message for me. I love reading it. Um, Whether it's good, bad, or the ugly, I'm just here for it all because I'm here for you and for me. So thanks for vibing with me. Cheers.